How we doing, everybody? Tim from Ski Rex Media here once again with a brand new Ski Rex Media podcast. This week, we can say instead of, I always, well, I usually say good evening, good morning, good night, or whenever you listen to this. Well, for recording, it was afternoon here, but evening in this guest's hometown, six hours, no, no, five hours ahead, excuse me. Across the pond over in England, but we'll get to that in a second. I think you'll enjoy this one. But first, I have to do the shameless plugs, the pushing. Yes, please, if you are here at the Ski Rex Media Podcast, please subscribe or follow, depending on your choice of platform to watch or listen on. Obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, it's the subscribe button. If you're using one of the many, many audio versions like Buzzsprout or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or iHeartRadio or any of those, Please remember to follow the podcast. That way you always know when the new episodes are coming out. They always pop up in your app. I know I have a couple of the apps um, on my phone, and I can see when my episodes pop up as well as others all over the place. So please don't forget to do that. I would appreciate it. And comment. Leave comments. I do enjoy them, and I do answer all of them, I think. Unless I miss. I do miss sometimes, but I do answer uh, most of them, and then all of them eventually. Um, comment, rate, if that is an option on your platform. I've had a five-star rating or two on Apple Podcasts. Um, share it with your friends. That's been going on lately, so that's really awesome. And you can just tell me if I suck or if you really like it. Either way works for me, right? Right. Now, on with the show. This week, we talked to Simon Burgess. A man from England who has skied on five continents. And today we talk about travel skiing, his adventures, what he does, why he does it, and a few other things. We actually end up taking a few lefts and rights on a different tangents. But you know how the show goes. If you listen um, on, a reg on the regular, you know that sometimes we go off on tangents and we go on lefts and we go on rights. But we always take turn it into something or um, tie it into skiing snowboarding, snow sports, all of this. And this one's kind of interesting because not only does he talk to us about travel skiing and travel snowboarding specifically, um, but what it's like in each of those countries, on each of those continents, what it was like during the pandemic, because we know that jack travel for everyone, even locally for some people. And we also talk about, um, <clears throat> excuse me, what it's like to ski and snowboard in the UK, something I knew very little about, which I openly admitted. Also, excuse the few dropouts. Um, you know how the internet works. Sometimes these video calls, they get a little wonky. Um, so excuse those during the episode. It's only a few and it's only for like split seconds. You'll barely notice them. Actually, no, you'll notice them pretty much, but they, they don't last long and you don't lose much. Right? Right. So as I said, on with the show. We welcome Simon Burgess onto the program. Here's the interview. I hope you enjoy it, and I'll see you at the end. So today, we're talking again with another travel snowboarder this time. Uh, we talked to Tom Thrash the other day, and he's he had some numbers. 64, I think. We finally figured out like two weeks after the episode debut. 64, something like that. A lot of places likes to go around. Not for bragging rights so much, but he just visits a lot of places. So now we're taking it up another notch. Now, Tom had been to two other countries other than the U.S., Canada and Switzerland, I believe. Now, this gentleman here... Simon Burgess from across the pond. He's been to a few more countries, sir. How are you doing? How's your evening? Good, Tim, man. Nice to finally get this uh, chat done and uh, excited to get into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you've been... Well, first, before we go too far, your, 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 your audience is considerably larger than mine. However, there may or may not be someone who doesn't know who you are. So who are you and what do you do? 
Uh, I guess like the main background is I'm a school teacher. Um, that's my trade. But one of the benefits of that is I've been able to take that to go and live in different countries around the world. Um, and we get plenty of holiday. So I've been able to travel. Um, taking time out, all of my holidays uh, tend to be snowboard or skiing based. And I've been yeah. lucky to get about and uh, visit some pretty interesting uh, places. Awesome. That's great. So how many countries have you been to? Like, I know I've seen oh, New wow. Zealand. I've seen Japan. Um, the proximity <laughs> of Northern Europe. I'm sure you've hit a couple of those. You had to. Uh, countries, I'd have to maybe sit down and write them. Uh, but continents, okay. I'm, I've skied five. Uh, so I'm okay. missing Africa, um, Antarctica, uh, mm -hmm. which, you know, that would be a dream, hey? But um, I've managed to get uh, Japan and China over in Asia. Uh, they were okay. two pretty pretty cool trips. Um, and probably one of my favorites, uh, Argentina in South America. Like, I can't wait to get back there. Hey, that was, in that was insane. I've, I've heard Argentina is ridiculous. Like I've heard it's awesome. It's the people are great. The mountains are great. The snow is great. On the years that they have it, um, what was it, last year or the year before, their winter was just wrecked. Um, how would, I mean, well, how would you rate it for like favorites? Like, let's get into that. Like if you've been around then, you know, so, top five, maybe. Okay. Um, in no particular order, but, but, uh, Argentina would be up there. I think the thing okay. that you said that was, um, that's kind of hit home is the people. The people mm -hmm. there are so welcoming and, um, our countries like England and Argentina does have a little bit of a checkered history. Um, sure, but, sure. but ev everybody I met there was like so welcoming. Um, they have the tradition of asado, so which is really community, big barbecues all the time. And we managed to take cool. that to, um, to the slope. So I, I went there for, I think about eight weeks and, um, I was just snowboarding with people from the hostel, just people I met and, Sure. Um, it was a really nice experience. So I'd definitely put Argentina in top five. Nice. Uh, Japan for the snow. Oh, man. Like, I knew <laughs> it would be good snow. Um, and, you know, you hear people and they talk about how much snow Japan gets. And it just blew my mind. Um, even just driving into Hakuba and you're just seeing these banks of snow at the side of the road. It's pretty insane. Um, and some of the resorts there, like the tree skiing, unbelievable. Uh, I think in terms of a uh, special place for me, uh, Marmot Basin in Alberta, that was where I did my first ski season. Um, I went there to do some uh, instructor training and I absolutely loved it. On the opposite kind of side to Japan in that it doesn't get blessed with um, the most amount of snow. But as a mountain, I just really enjoyed it. And um, the town of Jasper there is, is great as well with plenty to do. Oh, two more. How do I pick two more? Um, in the U.S., I'll, I'll throw one out your way. Uh, nice. Heavenly. I love okay. Tahoe. And, um, sure. I managed to do Heavenly, Kirkwood, <clears throat> and North Star on a trip over there. And um, for sure, Heavenly, the views, pretty much any ski resort that has mountain overlooking a lake, that's like my adrenaline. Um, absolutely oh, yeah. Like froth off that. So, and Heavenly has those views. And one more, let's go. Okay. Um, in New Zealand, I similar idea. Probably the Remarkables was my favorite for actual skiing. Um, okay. But view, views wise, Coronet Peak 
looking over Lake Wakatipu, um, going up there for night skiing. It's it's just a special place, eh? Nice. That's that's a hell of a list, actually. That's uh that's some big names in there from all over the world. Um I I do wonder though, um, when you go when you do your traveling, say your snowboard traveling or ski traveling, do you ski too, or are you just just snowboarding these days? Uh, I started off as a skier, um, sure, and I don't mind like if I've got like a longer trip planned. Um, mm -hmm. So say when I've done seasons or whatever, yeah, I'll get skis out. If I'm going somewhere for a week and I want to make the most of it, um, I'll be on my snowboard most of the time. Um, sure. but I do enjoy skiing sometimes, depending on who you're with. Uh, you stick on the skis and go for a bit of a lap but uh yeah i, I would say 90 percent of the time now at least i'm on my snowboard right on right on i have friends like that who wear skiers we were all skiers for years and i'm the only one who never really picked up a snowboard i picked one up couldn't get the hang of it it's the dumbest thing you've ever seen i should be able to do it and i can't do it well i can but i can't keep up so i stick to skis yeah. um Again, those were a lot of names I've heard of. Like, you know, I've been all over my country. Like, uh, that's it. I've, I've traveled in uh, the U.S. and Canada. I haven't gone to Europe. One of these days, I'm getting there. And the U.K. is a place I definitely have high on the list just because it's easier to talk to the people. I won't lie. I'm lazy about it. But um, the bigger names, you know, like I said, I've heard of, you know, I know of the places in Tahoe. I know of some of the places in B.C. and Alberta, um, a couple in New Zealand, Australia, and so on and so forth. Do you just pinpoint the big names or do you like go for the big name, whatever the big resort A is, and then you're driving up there and you're like, oh, that place looks cool, too. Never heard of it. I'm going to go check it out. Like, is that something it, you're into? It depends, man. For me, mm -hmm. I think money dictates it a lot of the sure. time. So if I take New Zealand, the reason why I chose to go to New Zealand um, over Australia, well, I'd been to Australia before um, sure. and I looked at New Zealand and they have a ski pass, the NZ ski pass. And I think at the time it was 500 bucks for the season. And that was the Remarkables, Coronet Peak and Mount Hutt. And I was like, okay, that's me. Got yeah. a camper van, drove around the South Island. And I thought, oh, if I can get a couple of days at um, any of the little ski fields as well, yeah, I'll tag mm -hmm. them on but it was an affordable way to do it. Um, awesome. The same with the Epic Pass, man. I know it gets like, it gets a bad rep, um, but I planned a trip uh, pre-COVID. I'd skied in Europe on it. Um, so sure. in, in Italy and in France uh, included. Mm -hmm. Then I went to Tahoe where Heavenly Kirkwood North Star all on it. The next trip I was going to Hakuba Valley, um, which is included on it. And then I booked to go for the summer season in Australia because it's included on it. So I look for passes that are going to um, really work out um, as a viable way to do it because like, I'm mm -hmm. a teacher. I'm not a millionaire. Um, I don't know if you saw on Twitter this week. I, I've got like a, a little bit upset. Someone put a, put a post out uh, mm -hmm. basically skiers have less anxiety and someone replied saying yeah that's because they're all rich like yes. i'm not rich uh i just nope. i just sacrifice in other areas of my life to you know mm -hmm. get to these places and um take this winter yep. i think my, the season pass that i've bought for the coming winter is called the magic pass for switzerland it's okay. less than 300 pounds and it covers over 30 resorts across switzerland some of oh them oh my god some of them are big names. Um, mm -hmm. You've got Sasfe, you've got Grimentz, uh, pardon my, my pronunciation, but um, you've got Diablerey and Glacier mm -hmm. 3000. And then others are places that I've just never heard of. And uh, sure. 
The plan is hopefully get out, see as many of them as possible. Um, and again, for less than £300, I don't think you can complain. No. Anytime you're under 500, doesn't matter your local currency. If you're under yeah. five bills, that's a score. Like that's a double score. Like that's a great pass. And if you're going to Switzerland and can explore all that and do all that, that's awesome. And I always say, you know, I use SkiRex Media. One of the big things I push is buy the one you can abuse, man. So if. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that was part of it. I mean, I, I like skiing outside of Europe. I've got to, I've got to be honest. Like there's ski resorts in Europe that I love, yeah. but I get more of a kick out of going further afield. I always have. Okay. But this year I was thinking the obvious pandemic restrictions that last year I was hoping to do the magic pass ended up having travel bans in the UK. We had, we had no skiing here and I just yeah. thought go, go safe, stay close to home. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought it was a good, good year to try the magic pass again. So uh, let's see, fingers crossed. Hey, I hope so too. Actually, I do have a couple pandemic questions, but we'll come back to those. I don't want to forget a couple of things. Like I said, abuse the past you can. Um, and, 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 and just don't spend any money because we're not rich. No, like a small, small amount of skiers and snowboarders. Um, I do know the stereotype of the dirtbag snowboarder still is very much alive and well. And I'm like, that stopped being what we, what anybody would call a dirtbag sport. Um, air quotes years ago, like, you know, a brand new snowboard could cost in excess of a thousand dollars American. So, you know, do the math for your local currency if you, you know, wherever you are and, you know, it gets expensive and sometimes we have to give up things, but those of us who do it, we also know how to sneak things too. Like we, we, we have our ways. Yeah, um, sure. yeah. And, um, now that trip you were talking about in New Zealand where you're driving around the South Island, I think I just watched for like the second time. Um, one of your videos today on YouTube and, and, uh, uh, it was one and it, it, it stood out to me because you're sitting, I don't remember where, um, but I think you rented a juicy rental, the J U C Y R V that yeah, company yeah. there. Now that, that I think it's in your thumbnail. So that caught my eye. I was like, I, I remember these and I know it's an oceanic company, but they were here in the U S for a while, not anymore. Um, and I, now Part of your travel writing, your all the blog posts on your website, all your videos, you do review, you do talk about different things. Um, but have you you didn't do that company direct? There was like a there was like a comment. Someone's like, "Hey, is that any good?" And you were like, "No." <laughs> uh, yeah, like I don't want to be here slagging people because I've spoken to other people. Um, totally. Uh, like since who've used that company and have had great experience. Sure. What what I had was. Uh, a van that kept breaking down mm -hmm. i had bad customer service but and like i don't mind like that old vans hey like if it breaks down it breaks down but then sure. just give me the good customer service like refund my day or, or do whatever yeah. whereas uh what i found is i spent quite a few days of my trip taking that van to a garage somewhere and they're good mm -hmm. like you'd ring them up say oh, i need this fixed you take them to a garage and it's like well that's a day of my trip lost that's like a day yeah. i'm not skiing or, or whatever um and I remember I, I drove to their office. I won't name which office. I don't want to get the employee in trouble. But he was like, <laughs> look, if you're expecting a good van, like probably don't hire one of these. And I was like, oh, jeez. So yeah, man. <laughs> I've heard people who've used Juicy in Australia and had like the best experience. So sure. I'm sure people have used them in New Zealand and had a great experience. For me, I think, what was my trip? It was seven or eight weeks. I can't remember what. Mm -hmm. And over a longer period of time, maybe stuff goes wrong. 
uh, maybe it's not being maintained as much as it would if it was in and out of the um, the depot or whatever. Sure. Um, but yeah, it could have been a, a better thing. But it was a great way to see the country, and I'd highly re- like New Zealand campervan. Yeah. There's no other way. Like get a campervan. And and that's kind of where I was going with this. Like the 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 van. It, I when I lived in Las Vegas, we used to see them all over the place. Um, they were. I don't. I'm surprised they went stopped doing business in the U.S. because we saw them every day like just all over and you know for anybody who has who just goes to las vegas for the casinos on the strip there's so much more to that city check it out go outside the city you'll find all kinds of cool stuff animals plants desert all kinds of stuff anyway but when you did say and you said that in the video as well that's the way to do it to see new zealand get in the camper van and go and i i was like that's great how hard is that because And mostly like I thought about doing something similar here and people do it all the time all over the world. But one of the things you have to watch out for is like the cold, (laughs) keeping your gear together. Is it tough? Is it tougher than it looks? Are you going to undersell it, oversell it? Okay. So just for curiosity's sake. The thing with New Zealand, like summer and winter, it's a Mm. busy tourist destination. Hey, and the thing with camper vanning is the locals are pretty pissed off at it, I think was my impression. So <laughs> because I think there's another video where I went to a place called Lake Hayes. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a beautiful spot and camper vanning is banned there now, whereas mm-hmm. they, they have freedom camping. So you're allowed to take your camper van, go to loads of different places, park up. But what they're finding sure. is a lot of people are abusing it. Um, mm-hmm. So from a practical point of view around, say, mm-hmm. Queenstown, there's very few places that you can legally freedom camp Whereas uh, you can pay to go in a campsite, but then, you know, it's costing you more more money. And uh, for me, I tried to do maybe four days of freedom camping and Mm -hmm. then maybe go to a campsite for a night, fill up the water, you know, make a load of food to make my life easier. And then and then back on the road Um, around Queenstown. It was it was tough going. And I found that um, I ended up in maybe a campsite more often than not. As I went up to Mount Hutt in Christchurch, it's brilliant. Like you can actually camp at the mountain. So they don't mind you being in the parking lot. So um, you drive up to the mountain and as long as the weather's good, uh, you can park at the top by the lift, walk out your door in the morning and straight on the chair. If the weather is bad, you drive down the mountain and you park in the bottom car park. Um, And you've got the town of Methen there, which had everything that, that you needed. But if there's a country that I've been to that's set up for camper vanning, mm-hmm. New Zealand's it. Like it's just it's just perfect for it. Awesome. And I'm I'm thinking about what I would love. You see everyone talking van life, eh? And yeah. I'd love to have a van here to be able to drive across Europe to those resorts. But I think you touched on it. Um, make sure it's insulated nicely, nice and warm. You've got yep. place to store store all your gear. Because in the beginning, like you get in the van, you're like, oh well, I'll just store my boards on top of the bed and you're like, okay, well now I need to get in the bed. I need to move all my boards. You know, it gets frustrating. So (laughs) I think in your own van, it would be awesome. Yeah. And I I think so too. I've considered it. And I mean, that's a big thing here. I I assume I'm going to guess you should never assume, but I'll guess that the van life thing has become big in Europe as well. And in pretty much anywhere. I mean, God, I would drive around the world given the opportunity and and I've seen people do've done it, you know. If anybody's ever watched Long Way Down or Long Way Around with you and McGregor oh. and Charlie Boren, Borman, <clears throat> excuse me. What a series, yeah. What a series. Now think about doing that in the winter doubles the danger because of, you know, driving in the snow can not be fun, but man, 
what a fun time to just go around the world. Um, See, detour. Did, did you watch Long Way Up? The electric? Not yet, no. Ah, uh, okay, I won't. Yeah, but watch it. It's good. <laughs> I'll go, I want to watch it. And again, for those who haven't seen it, since we are talking a little travel here, um, it's, it's not ski-oriented or snowsport-oriented, but man, watching... Ewan McGregor and his buddy Charlie Borman there, who's just awesome. I've watched his other travel programs as well, and they're great, and they do this stuff, and it really gives you hope in the world. And I guess I can ask you, because you've been around the world, do you see the hope in the world? Like, there's still... I don't want to push the idea that there's hate and all this other stuff in the world because people, especially now, especially here in, in the West, I'll say Western culture, Europe, US, um, Australia, New Zealand, the more westernized oceanic places, um, there's, you know, it, it seems to be like there's this idea that the world is awful, that we all hate each other, that that segregate this, this, that, the other, activists, whatever. I'm not getting into any of it, but... I don't believe the world is like that. And those programs show that the world isn't like that. Do you agree with that in your travels and your experiences? So I think 99% of the time I've had a positive experience wherever yeah. I've been. So for example, I lived in Cairo for a year and everyone nice. said, why are you going to live in Cairo? And I was like, well, why not? It's a pretty incredible experience. And, um, it was at a time when maybe terrorism in like the Sinai region was mm -hmm. quite worrying for a lot of people, but everybody that I met was really welcoming. They were, yeah. um, you know, they, they wanted us to be, to be happy there. When I lived in China, same thing. Everybody was so welcoming, wanting you to settle in, understanding like there's, there's differences. And I mean, I even ended up having like a, a surgery in China. And like the people that I worked with and the locals, they were just so nice uh, and trying to, you know, make sure that I was okay and recovering. And I think that's the case. Like I mentioned earlier, Argentina, our countries have had, you know, their history, but I just had such a positive feeling from everybody there and in the hostel, in the ski resorts, in the bars, um, everyone was really welcoming. So I've got hope for the world. I'm glad that you've got hope for the world. Oh, totally. Um, and yeah, we just, the, the polarizing thing I think at the moment is what's changed is I think, and this is me just giving my opinion, maybe people agree, maybe people don't agree. Totally. It used to be that you could give an opinion about something and if someone had a different opinion, that's fine. You just had a different opinion. Whereas now what it seems is you've got a different opinion about something. So that person must be horrible and then abuse yep. it. Like, okay, people can think differently to me. That's okay. I've got my opinion. I respect theirs. And I think as long as everyone's like that, yeah, there's hope in the world. Totally. And I agree. Um, I've been very lucky, though I haven't traveled off the continent. I've Again, US, Canada. But I've known and worked with people from all over the world, um, from the UK, Scotland, England, um, as well as Ireland, I know not part of the UK. Um, for those who think I didn't know that, I do know that. Um, but other countries as well, France, Spain, Portugal, um, South America, Brazil, Argentina, Central America, El Salvador, Colombia, Mexico, um, Puerto Rico, um, you know, all over Asia, you know, Filipino, Japanese, Chinese, you name it. I've known someone from almost everywhere, not just handshake and whatever known them talk to them work them south africa as a matter of fact we uh when i worked for mount snow down in southern vermont um every year south african college students during their break would just come up to ski ride and make some cash you know while they had the opportunity um being that the seasons are flip-flopped 
Um, and I don't ever get like, oh, screw Americans or, or screw the English or, 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 oh, or even the opposite, the overly patriotic people. <laughs> like, you know, well, I don't look, get look that. At us, look at us, Tim. Hey, we're two yeah. guys who we've never met in person. True. We probably have completely different uh, backgrounds or different experiences. Yeah. We both love winter sports. If mm -hmm. you come to the UK, like you're welcome in my house. I'll show you around. Like mm -hmm. it's it's you know one of those things. When I went to Sun Peaks for um for a winter season, mm -hmm. there was this lovely family who I mentioned on Twitter. I was like arriving in Kamloops today uh, to start the season at Sun Peaks, and this lady messaged me and said, "Oh, um, if you like, me and my family will meet you at the airport and we'll show you around Kamloops." And I was like what uh, are you sure they picked me up from the airport they took me to like a vineyard i helped them choose their christmas tree oh, throughout that's the awesome. season like i ended up um yeah. going to theirs for dinner and stuff um we were at the ski resort and their kids were skiers and i was like oh do you want to um you know a snowboard lesson so gave me a snowboard lesson there is hope in the world there is people out there who you know you just need to find that thing that that brings you together with us winter sports and yeah. forget the rest hey find the common ground absolutely and i 100 percent agree with that and um i've always said peace through. i've said peace through two things snow sports and pizza those two yeah, things true. bring everybody together you know even if you don't like snow sports and i know people who don't you know it's too cold it's too dangerous too much money but you did bring up opinions so to kind of tip it back away from the social commentary, because if yep. we wanted to get into that, we could. But I need a Ski Rex Media like social yep. division for that. Um, a whole other thing. But it's very interesting. Last, I think it was last month, you put up on Twitter uh, a post with a picture from the bottom, and it turned out to be Killington, which I knew. Um, and you said, "Guess what it is?" And I didn't because I didn't want to ruin the bit. And I, I recognize it and I can't do that with a lot of places like there's people who you show them any angle of any trail on any mountain on any part of the planet they'll know exactly what it is they'll tell you the grade the steep the snow when it's open when it isn't I can't do that um, but I did know that one and we we kind of did bits back and forth so you've been to Killington you've also been to the western side of the United States and we'll just stick with the United States since I'm here do you which which do you prefer? Don't worry about hurting anybody's feelings. The majority of my audience are East Coast skiers, but we're cool. Like, we don't get into that East-West stuff. Like, we don't butt heads. What do you think of it, being that you're not from the U.S.? What do you think of the difference between the, 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 the coasts? So it's, it's tough because on the East Coast, the only place I've skied is Killington. Killington okay. was, my, was my first ever week. And uh, okay. Superstar, which the photo was of, was my first mm -hmm. ever black. And yep. uh, I got down to the bottom of it. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I loved my time there. I think yeah. I would love to go back and do a road trip. There's, awesome. there's some places, when I've looked at Epic and Icon and even you guys talking about Indie Pass. Um, yeah, man. Some, some places that you could throw into a road trip. I would love to do it. The problem being maybe... Mm -hmm. Where's the where's the better snow conditions? The majority of the time, yes. And I think if you're if you're looking at, I've got two weeks and I want to do some powder skiing, then yeah, you're going you're going to the west coast or you're going to Utah. Totally. You know, um, yep. if you're if you're thinking like I would love to go late season to Killington, maybe for some spring mm -hmm. spring skiing. I'd love to do oh. snow. Is it Okamo? Ok um, I don't know if mm -hmm. I'm pronouncing that right. 
there's a there's a few places I'd love to go and try there. So yeah. each each is different. Yeah, no, they are different, and you're not wrong. Um, it, it's not really about one being better. It's what you want to do when you want to do it. So again, mm-hmm. if you're a big time powder skier, head out west, Colorado, Utah, Wyoming, California, Washington, and Oregon as well, or BC, Alberta, um, up there in the Canadian Rockies and pushing towards the West coast of that. If you want to ski ice and really put yourself to the test, come here, man, Vermont. We're very welcoming and we love it here. Like I'm 35 miles from where that picture of superstar was taken almost to the, to the, to the inch, to the millimeter. And, uh, um, you know, and I was growing up, I skied at Killington a bunch as an, you know, an older teenager, you get that driver's license. You're not staying by the house anymore. You're going, and it was owned by the same company I worked for at that time, so I didn't have to pay. Um, but you're right. It's just different. Um, it is kind of awesome. Where does it, and again, as a local, Vermont local, um, growing up here and been to Killington many times, where does it rate? It's it's our big dog here in New England, you know, this region in the Northeast. Uh, it's our big dog. How does it rate on the world scale? I know that's kind of a silly question, but I'm just curious. It's, it's not a silly question. Like, I think as a more experienced skier or snowboarder now, if I was mm-hmm. to go back to Killington, mm-hmm. I think it would rate pretty highly. Like, you even look okay. um, at stuff like they've got the stash, so the the big natural terrain park there. They've mm-hmm. got facilities. They, they've got a long season. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty good resort. I mean, there's plenty East Coast that appeals. I mean, you know them. Um, the the Alba family and their their films about yeah. East Coast ski resorts like yeah. there's loads of them that go yeah okay get get on a plane um even like just their love for Pico and stuff that's uh mm-hmm. that's that's pretty cool and then uh, you've got uh Tom who you had on the podcast uh, last yep. week I was listening the amount of places he's ticked off there that sound interesting yeah you can see why like ski the East is a thing and East Coast skiers are proud um but yeah I think Killington's a major resort. Awesome. I'm going to make, I'm going to put that out there. Let me know you said that because uh, not that I know them personally, but social media is wonderful. You can get anybody's attention for anything. So free lift pass, please. Killington. Thank you. Yeah. There you go. Hook him up, man. You won't miss one. I won't even try and hit you up for one. If you hook him up for one. Uh, but no, you're right. Indie pass new England is great anyway, because there's just so much history. If you want to do more than skiing, there's a ton of history. I mean, this was the first part of Europeans came here, here and up into Canada. This is where it started. Well, and down in the Caribbean as well, but you know, up here, we, we, it's old, it's old and you can, you can get a lot of, a lot of history, a lot of hanging out, a lot of cool mountains, a lot of different terrain. One of the things I noticed, like I said, I lived in Las Vegas, Nevada over there. And it's a completely different world. It's like being on another planet. And it's the same thing with ski resorts. You know, the difference between big powder, high mountain, high altitude stuff. Um, Very interested for me, though. One of the things I don't know about, because, and again, this kind of goes around to the big places, the places you heard of. There's places, don't matter what country, and you've heard of them in France. You know, everybody knows Chamonix. Everybody knows that town. You know, everybody knows it. Um, And things like this. Skiing and riding in the UK, are there big name places? Is it is it good? Is it bad? I literally know nothing about it other than the Chill Factory. That's it. Oh, uh, in Manchester? Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so, like, uh, let's start at the beginning. Sure. My first, my first ever uh, lesson on skis was at a dry slope, basically a plastic slope, a place called Wickham Summit, which was uh, – 
which was pretty cool, but it, it, it burnt down. There was a fire there and it's never been rebuilt. Then in England, we've had the emergence of places. You've got, is it big snow now? Is yes. You guys have got? So mm-hmm. you've got big snow. We've got um, the Hemel Snow Center. I worked there for a little bit. Um, sure. You've got uh, Milton Keynes, uh, which is uh, it's in a place called Escape. I'm not sure. This, uh, it's Snow Zone, I think. Uh, you've got the Chill Factory. There's one in uh, Castleford, Tamworth, Glasgow. So we've, we've got domes. We make the most out of, of what we've got. And sure. what's really interesting is these dry slopes and these, uh, these indoor domes have actually done a pretty good job at getting some Olympic skiers and snowboarders um, for, for the UK over the last how many years. Like people like uh, Jamie Nichols or um, Billy Morgan, for example. Mm-hmm. But more recently, I mean, and also I sh- not to annoy the people north of the border, but you've got Scotland, which has uh, got its actual resorts um, yep. on a larger scale. But mm-hmm. more recently for me, I've moved to an area called uh, the Lake District or just outside of it. And okay. we've got a, a little ski resort uh, called Rays. Now, I'm going to use the awesome. word like Rays, uh, sorry, ski resort loosely, because you park <laughs> at the bottom of a mountain. You've got an hour and a half or an hour's hike up to the ski oh. resort. There's one rope tow, um, and it was it was closed awesome. all the last winter because of because of COVID. But they mm-hmm. opened on May the seventh. We had like a fluttering of snow on May the seventh, and Honestly, it's one of my best ever days I've had on snow. It was so much fun. That's um, awesome. So we've got places like that, like in um, on the other coast of the UK. You've got, um, mm. well, you've got Yad Mars. I think there's one in uh, Wearside. So there are little ski resorts that, or little ski clubs that, that are about. Um, and so there is a scene, but I would yeah. argue that the most most people would probably go to Europe um, okay. to, to get their fix, I think. Interesting. So then I guess my next question is one of the big problems we find, I, I, I think, and I've been pushing this lately is that, um, skiing and snowboarding and other snow sports for that matter. The, one of the big problems people have with it is you have to go like, unless mm-hmm. you live like here in the U S if you live in a mountain town or where I live, you know, kind of smack right in the middle of a ton of things here in new England. Like I, 20 minutes I can be on a hill and you know an hour I can be on 30 more and two hours I can be on 100 more like I have it not everybody does and so for you it again I know when it comes to actual distance you know to drive but again I don't know for sure I'll put it this way one time I wanted to see how long it would take to drive from London to Prague and when I saw 14 hours I almost choked I was like shouldn't that be like three days four days because to get across the United States, it takes, you know, leisurely three days. Um, but so you have to travel as well, kind of far to get to bigger spots. Is that correct? And it, it does become kind of a pain. That's kind of what you said there. And, and, and I don't mean to make you repeat it, but. No, I think like take. So I'm from London originally. I don't live there sure. anymore. But. If you're in London, you can catch a flight to uh, Geneva in Switzerland. It takes an hour from Geneva. Okay. You're an, you're an hour into some of the main ski resorts. You've got um, Morzine and the Port de Soleil in France. Uh, you've got Verbier and the Four Valleys in Switzerland. Like all within you know a few hours, theoretically, if you leave your house. So sure. there there is stuff here. And the nice thing about being in Europe is. You can be in France, be in Italy, be in Switzerland, and you've got all those options there, hey? 
Whereas what I found, like take for example, when I was living, I lived in China. Sure. If I wanted to go to North America, it was going to take me a much longer time. If I yeah. wanted to go to Europe, it's going to take me a much longer time. So I do feel blessed about some of the places we've got here. And I think um, one of the places that I, a smaller place that I went to within the last few years was um, Slovenia to a place called Vogel Ski Resort. And it's oh, like cool. stuff that you, you know, I was there for a city break in, in Ljubljana and um, I was like, oh, well, there's a ski resort there. Let's just tag that on. And um, yeah. you have those options in Europe, eh? That's awesome. See, that's the thing. So a, lo a lot of, um, again, I'm not, I don't really want to get into the social stuff so much because it would just take us years to get through it. But there, there is some social stereotype and stuff in skiing and to try and quell that. I've told people, I get it. It's a travel sport and that's clearly worldwide and not just for those who want to go to the Alps and spend a lot of money and live the elitist kind of life. Also another stereotype, but everywhere you go. But more interesting than that, not to just abruptly change subject, but I don't want to forget it. Um, that place with the just a hour and a half hike up and a rope toe, that's amazing to me. I love places like that. Um, granted, I don't get to see them as much because let's be honest, but as a T bar or a button lift, I, I don't have good times with those. They, they've, they've beat, they've defeated me in the past and I know I got to get over that and get, get it done, but rope till I can deal with. And, um, uh, uh, that's just awesome. Um, so, and again, because you have seen so many places and gone to so many, and you said that's one of your most fun days you've had in, in recent memory. Do you prefer the great big place or the little place or something in between? I, I like it all. You know, oh, it's that's cool too. What, what, what I would say about like Ray's, you've mm -hmm. walked an hour and a half to get there. Everybody who's there has walked an hour and a half to get there. So everyone is like, it's a lovely community. Everyone's there for yeah. the same reason. They know it's not big mountain skiing they know that they're in england and mm -hmm. you haven't got japanese like snowfall sure. but everyone's just there for the love of the sport what i awesome. what i don't like i would mm -hmm. say if i put it that way is i loved heavenly i didn't mm -hmm. like heavenly on a weekend so oh, there you go you, you you go to you go to marmot basin monday to friday you don't see a person you're there on a Saturday. Maybe you see five people, like, in, yeah. like not being at least the season I was there. It was quiet. Um, mm -hmm. Very similar, like living in Sun Peaks, Monday to Friday, not seeing a person. But mm -hmm. I try and avoid places on busy days. So I would rather find um, maybe something a little bit off the beaten track on a weekend. Um, sure. Like take, take Tahoe on the weekend rather than go to Heavenly, went to Kirkwood. Um, it there was much go. quieter. So there we go. Like it's still not a, the quietest ski resort, but it was quieter mm -hmm. than than heavenly say. Yeah, absolutely, and I agree. I love it all. Um, I, I I always ask the question because some people need the big place. You know, they were like, God, I need this amenity, the, these amenities. I want to be able to get ten thousand foot vertical in two runs or less. Um, and no, I'm I, like, I, yeah. I don't care about any of that. So like. The, I guess the best way that I could put it, in Japan, mm -hmm. you've got the Hakuba Valley Pass, right? Sure. It covers 10 ski resorts in, mm -hmm. in the area. You've got Hakubo Hapo, right, which is probably the yeah. main one. It was one of the hosts of um, – they've got, like, Olympic ski jump there from Nagano and stuff. You go there, and it's busy. I went there for a few days of my trip, and each mm -hmm. day it was busy. 
I took a, a bus ride to this small little resort called Sanasaka. It was beautiful. There wasn't much vert. It was pretty much blue terrain, but it was blue terrain looking down at a looking down at a beautiful lake without nice. anybody else. So maybe throughout the day, I'm not I'm not even exaggerating by saying I probably saw ten people like throughout the whole day, and awesome. it's maybe five five runs. I had a great time. So I think if you can find those places, I would rather ski at a place on blue runs with nobody else about than I would fight people at Hapo, like yeah. if I can get a quiet day at Hapo or at Heavenly or, or wherever, then yeah, like take Heavenly again, just because mm -hmm. like I've mentioned it, I, I found that Nevada side was quieter than California side. So on the weekend, I would go to Nevada and during yeah. the week, I'd probably ski on California. So awesome. you just got to weigh up these things. Absolutely. And I agree. That's the beauty of the Indy Pass. Shout out to them. In fact, I'm actually talking to the Indy Pass founder uh, no, next week. Um, and that's what you get. Smaller places that are a little bit, you know, they got a vibe to them and it's not, you know, full. Um, and I love those places. I mean, I like the big places too. Don't get me wrong. Again, Killington's our biggest of the big dogs here in the East. And I've been there so many times I can't count. And I was there last year, as a matter of fact, and all that. Um, because we had a great season here in the US for um pandemic stuff. As a travel skier and someone who travels, how how bad did you get kicked in the backside by all the restrictions and all that stuff over that year? Awful, man. So I imagine. Let's start at the beginning. I think February 2020, mm -hmm. I was in Lake Tahoe. I was working at a school in China and I was, I was in Tahoe for Chinese New Year. While I was in Tahoe, my flight back got canceled to, mm -hmm. um, to China. And I thought, ah, oh, I'll go back to the UK for a little bit and I'll wait it out. And eventually I'll get back to China and I'll finish my contract. Mm -hmm. What happened was I was back in the UK, um, teaching online. And then my contract ended in that August. Um, and they weren't letting people back in. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to work in the UK. In terms of skiing, I cancelled a trip to Japan because obviously you couldn't travel. Um, I cancelled a trip to Australia um, because they completely locked down. Mm -hmm. So I probably missed, what, maybe nine weeks of snowboarding in that first winter. So yeah. then I kind of planned it into my, into my thinking that last winter I would take time off. So I took a short-term contract in a school up until December the 18th. And then after that, I was meant to take this uh, this pass to Switzerland and do a bit of a road trip. Nice. Now, I don't remember exactly, but if I'd left the country on, like, say, December 16th, mm -hmm. I would have made it out. But I couldn't leave before, say, the 22nd or the 23rd because of family stuff. And sure. at that point, it was locked down. So I couldn't get out. And, yeah. uh, like, the winter, the winter was gone. So that was all the way through. Um, France closed their ski resorts. Mm -hmm. The Swiss, the Swiss resorts were running, but I just couldn't travel there. Um, and then, as I say, I, I got that couple of days up at Ray's in England when they opened mm -hmm. in May, and that was my last winter. So I am quietly optimistic that mm -hmm. this year it's going to be okay. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm hopeful, but the pandemic has like hit me in terms of skiing hard. But what I have to say is family is healthy. Um, 
and that's what really matters. Um, yeah, totally, and, totally. And I hope like that this this winter I'll get it done. And you know, if I've had to take a little bit of a break so other people are healthy, then so be it. Yeah, it, it's fine to give it up. And again, you're not wrong. And for some of us, it 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 wasn't a problem because it's in our backyard. It, it literally, you know, I again, I have so many places. Last. Uh, the, the most recent episode of the Ski Rex Media Podcast with John Hunt over here at Whaleback in New Hampshire. It's 15 minutes up the road from me, not even, maybe 10. And, you know, so I can be there and it doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, it does. Don't get me wrong. I'm not yeah. all getting COVID crazy out there, but what I'm saying is we could work around it's, it. It's an did. option. Yeah. It's an option. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I was, I was sat here scrolling Twitter and kind of being like, they're having fun. These people are open. These resorts are open. Like, please just like at the time I found it quite hard to deal with. Cause I was like, my plan was to drive. So I'm like, I'm yeah. not going to be sat on a plane with people. I'm going to get the ferry where I'll be stood outside. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to go to private accommodation that I've booked. Like my, I booked an apartment. So I lost all the money on that. And I was like, <sighs> I'm going to be there. And then I'm going to be doing an activity that's outside. And if I don't yeah. socialize or do anything else, but I get on snow, then, you know, who am I hurting? And then yeah. I was here in the UK and we had lockdowns where my neighbors got fined for driving five minutes to go Ooh. to a lake nearby for a walk. And it's just, it made you think twice. It's like, oh, I'd like to go for a walk, but I don't want to get fined. And I just, I just hope this winter can, you know, can get back to normal because I think, I think we we've earned it. <laughs> I need some yeah, laps, man. I think I think you have. Like again, I only I'm not over. I don't have anybody close from your area anymore. I don't know anybody over there anymore personally. Um, but you hear things, you know, our news and you know it travels and social media and all this. It sounds like this whole last year and a half, no matter how bad it was on some of us, it was worse there and still worse in other places too. Um, for locking down fines, all this other stuff. It sounds brutal. It really does. Um, it's, it's a strange one because, like, coming from starting the pandemic, living in China, yeah, I had I had friends in China who did a hard lockdown. So mm -hmm. they had a situation where one member of their family was allowed out of their apartment every two days to go and get resources. <laughs> Not like everybody was allowed out. One member. Yeah. So wow. and then the numbers dropped there a lot sooner and then they got more freedoms and within China, like their life has been normal for a long time. But I've also got a really good friend there who hasn't been able to leave. Like his partner lives in a, in another Asian country and um, his like stepdaughter lives there as well. And he hasn't seen them because if he leaves, he can't get back in, which means he loses his job. He needs his job for financial stability and like going off on a tangent, like people have had it hard. And yeah. I get that. And if my skiing is the thing that has, you know, had to been sacrificed, I've been able to live vicariously for other people, watching videos, reading blog posts. And I'm just hopeful that maybe I can contribute something this winter, make some videos, do some ski resort reviews and just get out there and just enjoy myself again. Hey, I hope so too. I hope you can. I hope everybody can, even if you all can't get here. And again, I'll take runs with you. I'm not good. Like I'm not good. Let's do but it. 
I can, I can, I can hold my own most of the time, you know, don't take me on bump runs like that'll be, <laughs> my knees will be blown out. It'll be bad. But if you can get here, awesome. If not, and you can stay local. Awesome. That's what I said all last year. I was like, dude, don't even worry about, cause people are hating on Vermont. People are like, they, you know, they're, they don't want anybody in there. They're stuck. I was like, look, there's no army guys or nothing down on the border. Like you can come just. You know, I'm not telling you to do it, but everybody's doing it. A lot of people were. Travel restrictions weren't followed well in Vermont from people coming from out. And that wasn't a lot of people, but it was enough to notice. Um, but as you brought up, you know, you said you're going to make videos and you hope you can get out there. So you're not a content creator by trade. You're a school teacher and a travel teacher at that. That's really cool. I think that's awesome. That's That sounds like a, like a kind of a fun job. Like, I don't want to you know, step on your toes or anything, but it sounds like it could be a fun job. Um, what, what, I mean, if you're going to continue in content creating, what are the goals, man? You're going to get like more videos done. You're going to do more writing. You're going to, uh, uh, step up to step down. What do you, what, what do you, what are you going to do for that? <laughs> I, I think mm. for me, Excuse me, I really enjoy it. And mm -hmm. it's finding a way to make it financially viable to do that sure. full time. Awesome. So, if, if that became possible, mm -hmm. then I would miss teaching. But, I mean, let's be honest. If there's anybody in the world who wouldn't like to travel and make videos or travel and, you know, write posts and be able to live off that, why mm -hmm. not? Yeah. Um, the thing that I like about teaching, I like the daily interaction um, with students, and I would miss that. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, my, my passion is, is, is skiing and traveling. So if I, I mean, my goals in terms of like my blog and my videos go to as many very different ski resorts as possible. Like awesome. I've got a lot of friends and like nothing against them. They ski the same place every year and that's mm -hmm. great. They found somewhere that they love and that's perfect. They know yeah. their favorite run. They know where to go if there's fresh snow. They know where to go if it's icy. They know where the best bar is. That's fine. Yeah. But like there's places on bucket list. I'd love to ski Georgia. Um, mm -hmm. I want to get to Chile. Top of the bucket list is like Gulmarg in Kashmir. There, there's mm -hmm. places that um, I would love to tick off, and it's just finding the right opportunities to get there, you know? Absolutely. And some of those aren't easy. Like going down to Kashmir right now, I heard is, especially with the pandemic, is just a pain in the backside. It's hard to get there. But what an experience if that you do. We, we, we've all seen, and I'm not saying I support war in any way, but we've all seen the videos of rockets just flying over there. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it, you know, you're now talking like action adventure kind of scheme well, things, but it's supposed to be aside from that stuff. It's gorgeous there. I've heard when, when I lived in um, Egypt, I really, mm -hmm. I was this I booked a flight and everything to go to Lebanon. Yeah. Uh, there's a ski resort called Faraya. Uh, I think it's called Faraya. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the last minute there was um there was a bomb that went off in beirut and i was like maybe now's not the time and ever since then i was kind of like maybe that was a good decision but maybe i should have just gone and i think as long as you can do it in a way that you know is safe and you're you're comfortable like there's yeah. a load of great places and i mean there's a load of ski resorts I'd love to go to that aren't in war zones. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. Don't get me wrong. Um, but if, you know, these areas did get a bit quieter, then yeah, it would be really interesting to go to them. But for now, like I've never skied in Austria. So Austria okay. <laughs> sounds like a sensible place. Sounds great to me. Easy to get to <laughs> speak the language. 
At least that's what I've heard. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, that's my. Yet. Yeah, that's that's a uh, that's always been my biggest problem. Why I've always said I'm going to do if I'm going to travel abroad, I'm going to the UK first because at least I speak the language. Um, but then I had, and actually, since you're a traveler, you can tell me this. Um, I worked with a person. She was from Germany originally. You know, she married an American. She moved here, um, and she said we were talking skiing. And she's like, Innsbruck, you got to get to Innsbruck. She's like, you will love that city, bottom line. I was like, I got to, you know, I, I guess I could put in the work doing, you know, with the language and stuff. She's like, don't even worry about it. They all, they all speak English there. I was like, that kind of takes away from the fun. Like, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think if you go somewhere, it's always nice to try. Um, yeah. For like my, my first probably two, three months in China, I took private lessons. My Mandarin is awful. I didn't get on with it, but um, I tried. <laughs> Uh, yeah. when I was in Egypt, I tried Arabic. Yeah. It's, I've got, you know, basic. Um, sure. and as, if you're just going somewhere, whether it's for a longer period of time or, you know, if you go in for a, a week or something, just learn hello, you know, the polite stuff. And I think, especially like in France, sometimes, um, France gets a bad rep for sometimes how maybe British people are, you know, treated, but, mm -hmm. um, I've only had positive experiences and I found that like if you at least, you know, give a couple of words a go, then people are more polite and willing to talk to you in your language. But yeah. in England, we're pretty bad, like coming from an education perspective, we don't start languages young enough. Um, so yeah. I wish that was something that, that had been forced on me in school. Yeah. Oh, that would have been awesome. Yeah. I, anything I can speak, like I could do a little bit of Spanish and I'd learned that from working with Spanish speaking people, like far more than I ever learned in school. And the French that I know is just from, I learned a little in school, but reading the road signs in Quebec, that's where I learned it. So learn those languages, kids. But it just seems like it takes some of the, some of the romance out of it, like going there and saying, excuse me. And then they speak back to me yeah. in perfect English. It's like, well, this is no fun. I mean, I, I've got some, um, I've got some, you know, you put stuff online, you get negative comments occasionally, right? It's sure. just part of it. But um, I went, I went to Italy, and yeah. you know, I try and pronounce stuff. I, I try, and yeah. one guy was like, "You pronounce that wrong. You pronounce that wrong." Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not an expert in Italian. Like, I'll try my best. I, I someone said, "Oh, you clearly didn't speak to anyone local." I did, but I'm <laughs> like, I don't speak Italian. I was there for like, what was that trip? Like ten days. So. Mm -hmm. Come on, like, I'll try my best, but uh, and I think if you do, the locals will warm to you a little bit better. But oh yeah, I mean, there's there's places you can get away without the language, but it, it adds to your trip. Yeah, that's what I think too. I think it would, um, and I would try even if I was blowing pronunciations. Like I look. Even in the United States, where we all, most of us speak English, there's, we butcher the language left and right. And, you know, I've known people from different parts of England, and I'm not just talking accents. Like, we all have different accents from all over different countries. Um, obviously, Simon and I sound completely different. We speak the same language, yet it's two different languages. Um, but I've known folks from England and who have used, like, English slang, for instance, and they look at me like, what was that? And I was like, well, that was this. Um, don't, don't pick on people for mispronunciation. Just help them out. Like, don't be a jerk. Just help them out because we can't even get it right in our own countries, man. I've, I've got it at the moment. Like, so I've moved five hours further north from like where my family's from. Sure. And the school that I'm teaching in, the accent is so different. And like, I'm mm -hmm. asking 
I'm asking students like, uh, sorry, what? Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> can we just slow that down? And like, I'm, I'm getting there, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're not wrong. I'm not wrong. We're just, yeah. you know, we're trying our best. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's hysterical. I have a friend of mine who was in Liverpool a few years back and he's talking to a bartender and he he said the same thing. He's like, wait, 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 slow down <laughs> something. Please help me. And I thought that was hysterical because it's the same language, man, but it's not. And that's the interesting part about languages. Um, but since you are, again, we're talking language, travel now, we've actually slipped more into the travel side than the ski side. That's fine, too. Um, Skirex Media, man, we talk about all of it. And one of the things I did want to ask you about, there's an ideal amongst people who travel, or at least it feels like it. I don't mean that as like a broad generalization of people. I just, I've heard this before, and I want to know if you agree with it. And it kind of goes along with what you said. You know, you want to see as many different ski hills as you can get. Awesome. The ideal goes along something along the lines of if you want to travel, just go because people talk about it all their life. Like, God, I want to do this. I want to do this. And they never do it for whatever their reason is. I'm not saying it's always easy. Like you'll I'm sure you can tell us that it's it can get pricey. Um, The bureaucratic and paperwork aspects of it can get ridiculous. Even when you don't leave your own country, that can get ridiculous. Um, All this other stuff, it could be preventative. That's fine. Um, but people say, if you want to go, just do it. You kind of, I kind of feel like that's what you do. Is that right or no? Yeah. I, f- I think obviously within reason, like you have to have the money to be able to go. But I look at stuff in terms of, you know, priorities. If I want to go to like, so I made a video um, this week about uh, lift passes in Japan. Right. And it got me thinking about when I went to Japan, how sure. much were my flights? How much was the lift pass? How much did I spend on accommodation? put all that together and go, okay, well, I've got part of that money, but I need to save in some ways. Okay, if if I go to the pub and rather than going twice a week and having two beers, I go once a week and have two beers, then that's money towards my ski trip. If I eat out less and cook more at home, like that's just my priorities. And I think if people want to go to places, then there's definitely ways to get it. But I mean, I would... As I said at the beginning, when when the guy said, oh, all skiers are rich, I'm not rich. I can't have it all. Um, one of the things that like I love doing away from skiing is like going to watch sport. And maybe this year I've given up my season ticket. So I was like, okay, okay. well, if I give up my season ticket for my football team, then that's another £1,200 that I've got to put towards um, you know skiing and snowboarding. So we'll see. I think you, you've got the opportunity to go, but you have to – you have to want it enough to maybe put a sacrifice here and there. But if there's something that you want to do, then yeah, like go and do it because you don't want to be sat 20 years from now going like, yeah. like I am like with Lebanon, I should have yep. gone. I was there. Maybe that week wasn't the time to go, but maybe I could have rearranged it. Sure. Um, like if you're in a situation, just do it while you can. And I agree. I, I've tried to do that. Um, I've done it to the, to the fullest extreme i could tell a story about a friend of mine one morning woke me up he's like dude get in the car we're going that's like all right let's go you know one of our guys um top top fan number one hype man tech rob everybody the whole skier x media audience knows and loves rob he'll say the same thing now he doesn't travel ski as much he's going to start doing it again i think a little bit here within the country as we can again travel uh, restrictions are what they are in places still but he he kind of gears his life around 
his skiing. So he knows if I do this, 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 I have to have this, and he makes it happen. Um, and he's legit, you know. Um, it's a wonderful thing, and I agree with you. It, you know, manage your money if that's what it takes. Manage your time if that's what it takes. Know what you want if that's what it takes, and that's what I tell everybody, you know. Uh, every time I travel, it's, it's a road trip for me. Why? Cause I'm afraid of planes, but I've, I will, I will fly, but I don't like it. And I don't think anybody really likes it. Um, and I've heard things about airports all over the world. Um, actually going into Heathrow scares me. Someone who I knew from over here said the planes don't actually come in like this. They kind of do a spiral and I'm like, don't well, tell me, don't tell me cause I'll never get on a plane again. <laughs> see, and people think I'm nuts for not liking the planes. I have a friend here who is also not liking the planes. Just like, saying. That's that's one of the things. So I've I've never liked flying. Um, yeah. When I was younger, I had a really bad flight, and I was like, "Oh wow, I'm not sure I want to get on a plane again." And then mm -hmm. I'm, I still do. Um, yep. I'm like, and it's because I want to do the thing on the other side. Yeah. It's for me, it's not an enjoyable experience. But again, it's like people say, if you if you want to go, go. If a lot of people would turn around and say, well, I don't like flying. I don't want to. Like you, you can take a car, go and do what you need to do. Um, yeah. There is always another way. Yep. Always, 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 always find a way. Like, or take Dramamine. It'll put you to sleep. It keeps you from getting <laughs> air sick, but it puts me to sleep. I've There's been whole flights I don't remember just from that Perfect. stuff. And, uh, you know, I, and again, I didn't even have a bad experience. I, I didn't even get on a plane. I just didn't get on a plane until I was 36 years old. So there you go. That's awesome, man. Now, again, while we're talking about airplanes and traveling, you've been around. Do you, do you want to throw out tips, man, how to deal with these airports, how to deal with these passport folks, visa folks, whatever it is. Just, you got anything you want to throw out there? Uh, not really, but like, I think, Depending on the country you're in, I think what I've learned the most is just just relax. There's things that you can't change. Like bureaucratic process in Egypt is different to China, is different in Canada, is different to the UK. And if things take a little bit longer in one place, it's not worth getting hit up for. Just yeah. uh, it's the only person that you're going to affect at the end of the day is you, right? So right. you're the one that's going to get wound up. I try and spend as little time as at the airport as possible. Um, so get there as late as possible, <laughs> leave there as quickly as possible on the other side. Mm -hmm. um, Cause that's not the part of the trip that I enjoy. Hey, but um, yeah, I think in terms of actual flying for me, I, I don't drink a lot, but I get on a plane, I have a drink, I go to sleep and then yep. wake up on the other side and hopefully I feel a bit better. I'm with that. I'm with that. Not the drinking part. I don't, I don't do yeah. that anymore, but you know, like I said, I have my drugs too. They just happen to be for seasickness and air sickness and it does wonders. It works good for boats too, man. Just go out. Don't even know it's bad seas. Um, that's awesome, dude. Like I, I'm impressed. Like I, I've read some of your stuff. I've watched some of your videos, as you know. Um, I love it. You're definitely inspiration to me to finally get out there and do it. I kind of, and again, now have you done this? Actually, it just popped into my head. I kind of want to do, I think what's considered the, the romantic type of, and I don't mean like romantic. I'm going to take some chick with me. I mean, it, you know, the, the idea of getting to Europe and doing the train. And I know it's can be very, um, in, uh, was it a Warren Miller film? Maybe I can't remember, but there's a segment in, in which no, it was a level one film. Actually, it was in um, 
eye trip is what it was in. And the, one of the, the featured rider for that segment was like, it was awesome. Like we got off the plane and onto a train, the train ba- practically dropped us where we're going. Have you ever done anything like that over there? Yeah. So a couple of trips I took, um, there's an, the, we've got the Eurostar, which links London and Paris. And then from Paris, I caught the overnight train to a place called Po into the French Pyrenees. And nice. then, um, skied at a, a small Pyrenees resort um, called Garette. And then I think my favorite trip by train in Europe was um, to Grindelwald in Switzerland. Okay. Flew into Geneva and then mm-hmm. from Geneva airport took the train and then you change it, I think, into Larkin and the, the train that winds its way up the mountain for all these little villages and you end up at um, Grindelwald, which is set underneath like the north face of the Eiger and it's just yeah. stunning. And then to actually go to the ski resort every day, you can take the train and get off at the lifts and, and you know, ski from there, which is pretty unique. Awesome. That is unique. And that's awesome. I mean, train travel here in the U.S. is, unless it's regional or local, is a pain. And it, we, we don't really have a lot. And again, as someone who's afraid to fly, I always look for the ground option if, if I can help it. Is and it expensive I, in the U.S.? He, is it expensive? A little bit. Yeah. Um, I was actually just looking there's uh, over there. There's the Eurail pass that gives you like three months of unlimited riding for like a grand American. And I'm like, God, that's like four Amtrak tickets. If even that, like it gets pricey here. They, you know, they're not the most modern things in the world. They're starting to catch up and they're trying, but it's just not, it, it doesn't have the same good reputation that like the European train systems have and the Asian train systems have as well, China and Japan. Um, and again, I don't know if you have experience with that. Yeah, they yeah, are good. The, the, the Chinese trains are, are insane. Um, if uh, not a lot of money, very fast, very efficient, always leave, leave on time. Um, use them quite a lot when I was there. I didn't take a train in Japan. I was, when I got to, so from Tokyo to go to Hakuba, you've kind of got two options. You either take the coach or the train. And I really wanted to take the train. Um, but the coach was just, at the time, it was more convenient. It was door to door and I didn't need to lug anything on a train. So I went That's with that awesome. option, but I would love to do that. Um, but like I was thinking about America because I remember when I was at Marmot, like coming uh, from Jasper, I wanted to take a train through the Rockies. And I looked at the price and I was like, nope. Like, yeah. Not a yeah. Uh, no, you're not wrong. Sometimes, hey. Yeah. No, and you're not wrong. It is a pricey thing here because it's either our main commercial company, which is only one national, and then there's a bunch of regional ones for like, um, for like commuters. Like you see it, people. When I lived in New Jersey, I used to go up to New York City on the train because I'm not a fan of traffic either. Like I don't mind it, but nobody likes it. Um, and New York's got. You know, it's it's a it's the main city. You know, it's the city. So it's like, you know, I've heard stories about London traffic. I've heard stories about Parisian traffic. I've heard stories about traffic all over the world. Um, but New York was one of ours, and you know, took the train up to avoid it. Um, so you could do that fairly easily. But it's an hour train ride or two hours, so it's it's easy. But if I wanted to jump on here and try to get to Los Angeles, it's just not happening. Not easily anyway, or Seattle, for instance, on the other side of the country as well. It's 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 very interesting, though, to me, the places that do have it and Europe and Asia and like you're talking about Japan and I Japan 
I don't do the bucket list thing, but if there's going to be anywhere I want to get to, it's Japan. That place just looks awesome for skiing. Like it's like the snow is just deep all the time. And if that's true, awesome. If I'm wrong, you could tell me I'm wrong. And, and it's on Indy now. So and it, you've got no excuse. Four Indie Mountains. I can't, yeah. dude, I, I can't wait to talk to Doug Fish, founder of the Indie Pass, because I want to see where else he's going. I had no idea they were going to try and go international beyond Canada. Um, but Japan, and, you know, he might be getting stuff close to you next. You never know, dude. Keep an eye on it. But Japan looks great. The food looks great. The people look great. The music, it's like the best rock and roll music in the world right now. And I'm an American telling you that, man. Like, and we're, you know, America's proud of its rock music. I was like, I don't know, dude. The hard, good hard stuff over there, I think. But what do I know? I don't know anything about music. It's, it's the other stuff as well. Like you, you finish it down the slope and you go and have like an onsen, like a hot spring bath looking out of the mountains. And you're like, yeah, this is a good way to end the day. And then, you know, you go for a we nice, like nice meal and a nice restaurant. And yeah, it's, it's a pretty special place, Japan. I can't wait. I've known plenty of people who've gone over there, both vacation and service people as well, uh, men and women in the Marine Corps and the U.S. Navy who've been over there. I know a lot of them too. It sounds great, man. Like uh, that's a place where, I would go. Um, one of these days, if I get to go, I might pick your brain first. I might just call you up, like, dude, remember me? Listen, what am I doing? Because <laughs> if, I need if to you're know. going, let me know. I'm coming. Let's just get any excuse. Let's go to Japan. Put it in I'll the diary. Japan, man. I want to. I want I to. Want I won't to. be able. I won't be able to this year. I know that. I would love to go. Um, I still have to get a passport. I never leave the country. I I go a lot of places and never have been anywhere. It's a very strange thing. Um, for travelers, I talk to people who forever will say, what, you haven't been to Amsterdam, say? Like, no, I haven't been to Amsterdam. Like, you haven't been to London. I was like, no, I haven't been to London. And I was like, I haven't been to any of the surrounding areas that I want to see out there. Um, basically, Stonehenge, Avebury, the Woodhenge, uh, Long Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Longbear, all those places. And that magic roundabout in that town, I can't remember. I, I got to check that thing out. Swindon. Because <laughs> Swindon, yes. I have to check that thing out, man, because Maybe. here... Don't go near Swindon, man. Like, so, like if you're from Swindon and you're listening to this, like, yeah. I don't even care. Like, just don't go near Swindon. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, fair enough. I had, that's what the internet's for, dude. I can watch it on TV. You know, um, I just have never seen anything like it. We don't have anything like that here. Um, but I've never been to any of these places. And people are like, then have you really ever traveled? And I was like, well, let me ask you this: What have you seen here? What exactly. have you seen in the United States? Because I've driven three quarters of it driven not just passed through on the highway i've been there ground zero walked around talked to people ate there like but i want to do that with england and the rest of the uk as well <laughs> and if, japan if, if covid has taught me one thing it's the well first of all wash your hands but second of all <laughs> um, second of all it's i completely negated the uk and it's mm -hmm. so beautiful and every single time I got a holiday, I was straight at the airport and out of it. And that's stupid because I, where I'm living now is one of the most beautiful places that I've been anywhere in the world. Like the Lake totally. District is absolutely stunning. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who are like me or have been like me that as soon as you get your holiday, you're straight abroad. And I mean, not to not to put anyone down and everyone's got to travel in their own way. And, you know, you make yeah. the most of it what you can. But I see a lot of people who, you know, they count their countries, but they count, I've been to Belgium because you spent mm -hmm. one day or half a day in Brussels. You yep. haven't seen Belgium. Like, and that's fine. You've been to Belgium, but what's there? And 
what was really interesting about um, Tom Frash when he was talking the other week is just yeah. how much he's done and like he's combined his interests, whether it's skiing or ball parks or, or national parks. And he's seen a lot of his own country. And that's yeah. why like locally here now through the pandemic, I've, I've picked up walking and I'm trying to get uh, like a lot of the fells and in the local area and stuff. And I want to see more of my country now, whereas before yeah. I probably just ignored it. Um, so sorry, England. But I, I will get to it. <laughs> no, and that's awesome. And I agree 100% with you. And I agree with 100% with Tom. He's seen so many things. Like we talked about the ski mountains mostly because Ski Rex Media. But he's been to more national parks than anybody I've ever talked to. Um, he's seen ballparks. You know, he's a baseball fan. You know, not my cup of tea, but awesome for him. Um, and I agree, man. I think you can have an adventure just by walking your backyard if you're open to it. And, um, like I've seen so much of my country, it's wonderful. And I, I hope that more people do. And especially locally, like you said, it's a beautiful area. It looks it. I've seen some of your social media posts, read some of your blog posts and you're, you've been putting up local stuff. It's just down on walks and hikes, man. And it's just like, that's awesome, dude. Like I, I need to start doing that again. You know, I, I still find stuff in my own backyard, things I didn't even know existed. So I suggest that Simon suggests that. So I go for it, man. And if you want to go for the big travel, do that too. Just see something because I have met people who I do know people who have gone like Amsterdam and Amsterdam's a big thing for Americans. They want to go there because of every what's all this legal there. And I tell them like, dude, I lived in Las Vegas. You're not impressing me at all. Like not, I'm not taking a shot at Amsterdam. Yeah, I would yeah. love to go over there like too. But if you're just going for that stuff, like the red light district, the, 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 the weed, whatever, it's like, dude, I lived in Las Vegas. I I've seen it. I live in Vermont. You can, you're allowed to grow your own here in your backyard. Like it's a le it's legal. But it's like it's like okay, go like go to Amsterdam, but also yep. go to other go to Rotterdam, like go to exactly. other places in Holland and say, okay, that's perfect. And then mm -hmm. you know, if you go to if you go to Belgium, go to Brussels, go to Bruges, go to Antwerp, go to Leuven, like there's loads exactly. of beautiful cities. Don't just yeah. like drop in, move straight out of there to I don't know your next country, and then say, oh well, I've seen this. I've seen okay, you've been you've been there, but I mean. <laughs> That's just, it's my personal thing. I, if I can, I like to spend a longer period in a place. Totally. Um, yep. Because I, I feel like I get to see it more. But then a lot of people will say, well, actually, what you do is you go and see a lot of ski resorts and mm -hmm. maybe you don't see other stuff. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's fine. So you've got to, you've yeah. got to do what, what you actually want and what's good for you. But I, I do try and take Argentina. I was like, okay, well, there's no way I'm going to Argentina. Uh, not seeing Buenos Aires, not getting up to Iguazu Falls. Like, you know, you try and tag these things on, like, to the ski trip, if the ski trip's yeah. the purpose. But I don't know. There's, there's, there's plenty of ways to do things, hey? Yeah, and I agree. And I always say, do it the way you want. Like, if you just want to get on a plane, go from point A to point B and do your thing, that's fine. But watch how you present it because i've had people present that to me dude you haven't been anywhere like i've been a lot of places just not the same places and i've seen more like i'm willing to start stop in a town that only has 50 people just to see what's going on well there was a guy for there's a guy from the uk i forget his name and uh he's traveled to every country in the world and i was reading the article and, I, and like I, I was i was really like excited by this article and i was going through and i was like Okay, it got to um, it got to North Korea, and his story was that he was in South Korea, and he went to the um, 
whatever the the border office was and they let him step over a line and then he stepped back into south korea i'm like have you really been to north korea whereas like i worked in china with uh, a scottish guy who did like during his summer holiday went to north korea for four weeks yes you've been wow. to north korea and i'm not saying saying like that what this guy who's traveled to every country like that is insane like to be able to get That's around ridiculous. to every country, like hats off to him but just yeah don't i wouldn't say that i'd been to north korea if I hadn't, you know, stepped in and spent time there. Like I went to the border of North Korea, a place called Heaven Lake um, in China. I've never been yeah. to North Korea. I've looked across the line into North Korea. They're a different mm -hmm. thing, but that's just, you know, me. Yeah. Yep. No, I agree with that. I did the same thing with Mexico. We were down there. We went up to the to the fence. I couldn't cross because I don't have a passport, and so we said, well we got to see the fence and then we went back to Las Vegas, you know, that's what we did, but you're right. You know, do it how you want, but be careful of how you talk about it. That's what I always say, because if you're going to call me out, I know I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I'll call you out back. And you know, it's, we're all doing it for our own reasons. A lot of, some people are interested in history. Some people are interested in landscape. Other people are interested in animals. I like the animals. I want to see, you know, we don't have grizzly bears here. I was hoping to see one while I lived out West and I never really got, to but i saw like roadrunners like this is a bird that's nowhere else but the american southwest and i saw them live and in person so that's me too i'll go there and see that but traveling is awesome and for us skiing and snowboarding like I, i'm trying to I'll, I'll catch up to tom one day one of these days i'll get there but maybe not you know but then if you'd like to ski in your home mountain and that's where you go whoever's out there listening or watching do that too, as long as you're doing it and enjoying it. And if you can get out, go for it, you know, go two towns over, man. Um, anything else you want to throw out there? Cause my notes are about crossed off and shot out. And No, man, just like, it's, it's really interesting to um, just from a, me throwing some love your way. It's really interesting listening to the podcast, this side of the world and hearing from um, a lot of the locals over there about some of the places. So Keep doing what you're doing, and um, thanks for having me on, and thoroughly yeah, totally. enjoyed it. Awesome, man. Well, thank you, because, you know, talking to Tom, that was awesome, and now talking to you, we've, again, like I said at the beginning, we stepped it up. We're not just doing, you know, 60 inside the United States. Simon's been all over the damn world. If you got the chance to to do an Antarctic run, and there's ways to ski and snowboard Antarctica, there are. Um, not easy, necessarily, not cheap at all. Would you do it? It's, it's a tough one. I mean, the, the short answer is yes, of course you would, like if it's sure. financially viable, but it's not cheap, is it? And I think no. this, this is my thing with take heli skiing or cat skiing, right? Mm -hmm. yep. I would love to go heli skiing. Heli skiing is like, it's been on my mind for a long time. Sure. But for the price of going heli skiing, I can probably, you know, ski somewhere for a week. Yeah. So yes, I would love to go to Antarctica, but if Antarctica is going to cost me thousands of pounds, like mm -hmm. I would probably go somewhere else because like there's other places that you know i could probably go for for less what i would like to do is um is africa because mm. it's achievable like from london to um marrakesh is a few hours in a flight you can get flights for cheap and there's a ski resort just outside of marrakesh called uh my pronunciation is gonna be horrible but Ukmaiden, Ukmaiden, something like that and uh, i was i was looking into it before i went to marrakesh before and i was just there before the snow and i think if i could if i could do that that would be a great one um tick off six continents and i'd probably be pretty happy with that 
That'd be awesome. Um, actually, I was going to ask you about Africa too. I didn't even know. Let's see, Marrakesh, Morocco. It's been a while since I've been in geography geography class. So if I blow this, everybody just understand. Um, so Marrakesh, Morocco. I didn't even know there was skiing in Morocco. I had no idea. Like if I was going to go, I've talked to, like I said, I've known people in South Africa and the surrounding areas. I think there are mountains there. Um, okay. So is it Lesotho? There's a yeah. ski resort. Um, there's a ski mm -hmm. resort there, isn't there? Yeah, um, that's yeah, actually I the mean, one I was thinking of. There you go. So um, I can't remember what that's called. I can't remember either. Yeah, but I mean, that, <laughs> I'd have again, to like I'd be fairly happy with that, and then maybe chuck in some swimming with great whites in a, in a cage or something. South yeah. Africa would be a, a killer trip, wouldn't it? South Africa, you know, I've talked to, like I said, a lot of people down there from down there. It sounds like a cool place. Um, different, obviously, you know, um, we were learning, you know, the, the accent isn't much different than yours, but the culture is um, actually the accent for anybody who really wants to know is kind of a mix of an English typical accent that you hear most often and Australian. If you mix it together, you got South African ish. A couple people. We used to joke about it. Actually, these we we were actually friends with these people. They come up and work for a season, and you know, you know, cool guys, cool girls, and you know, we had fun, and we used to, you know, we made fun of them. They made fun of us. It was fun. Um, but um, all kidding aside, it sounds great. Um, I'd like to see Diane Ward live. You know, if you know what that is, if you know that group, um, that 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 music is not for everybody, but um, it all depends on where your swearing ends up, because theirs is constant <laughs> and it's kind of fine with me. I don't I don't care. Um, but yeah, I would totally go in a second. But then I would go to Morocco as well. Uh, and again, um, travel the way you want. I would plan a, a trip around skiing to any country in the world, um, skiing in food. That's where I'd be at, man. And uh I'd be with that. And obviously Simon agrees with that. And that's, that's great, man. I hope you get the at least Africa. And then if one day you get Antarctica too, get all seven continents, that's great. That's fantastic, dude. Africa will happen. It's just like, that's a matter of time. It's, it's there. It's achievable. Antarctica, mm -hmm. like, I don't know. That's, that's a tough one. Money wise. I think like maybe a lottery win and, and, yeah. and that, and that's the thing, but um yeah like that that'd be pretty nice to say wouldn't it all seven continents that'd that would be nice that I would be six yeah six would i mean even five is uh, is, is is impressive you know some people are like well five out of seven is that impressive i'm like yeah think about how big the planet is and what you have to go through to get there um to like i mean europe obviously are there no problem united states not not so hard, but Australia's on the other side of the world, man, from everyone. But again, There's it's no like so uh what's what's better or, or worse? Like I've skied four uh ski resorts in the US, I think, yeah, four. Um mm -hmm. but like if I go to Africa and you know do one, would I have been better going to see more of the US? Like it depends. There's there's yeah. there's a lot of differences, and some people will say like when I went I went to work in Australia for a ski season, and people were like, "Why are you going there? The snow's you know crap or whatever," and it was just such a nice experience. And I think if you're on snow, if you if you can't have fun and you're on snow, like I went in their worst snow year for fifty years, like it was yeah. honestly it was bleak on the lower mountain, but I still had a great time. It's all about perspective and getting out there, doing your yeah. thing, having fun. 
Absolutely. And I agree. If you have a good day, uh, a bad day on snow is still a better day than being anywhere else. Um, yeah. You know, and you can have a lot of fun. Um, I, I hope you weren't excited about getting out of here because I was kind of closing it up, but I'm having stuff pop in there now, man. It's like, uh, what about not just continents, but other countries that so people don't go or have are only starting to make it like recently in the news this year i've seen iceland pushing its um ski holidays and things like this and i don't i know there are places there um but i don't know anything about them or even greenland they're not pushing it but there are ways to get out to the villages which again are not easy to get to in greenland at all and go out to do some like uh, backcountry kind of stuff i so i've heard i don't really know and that's actually part of the fun in it is because i don't know i'd like to go see that would you go up there i'd, I'd go anywhere if the opportunity was there um, yeah i top of my head i know that they've, they've it, copenhagen's just put a um a ski run on top of a building in the city center i'm like yeah, automatically, like that's that's like a weekend that's going to happen and then yeah. uh finland has been on my list for like a long time like nice. not because the resorts are particularly anything you know stats wise to write home about but just i think the experience maybe lapland at christmas and, and you know that mm -hmm. sort of thing would be cool norway sweden um like there is so many places this this what like skiing has just got so many options um so many options and i think it'd be you know to to i would struggle to go to the same place every year like as i said mm -hmm. like if you do that's perfect and you yeah. will you know, I'm, I might waste a day in a ski resort first day that I get there because, like, I've got great snow and I'm like, oh, where do I go? Whereas if you're you're local in your ski resort, you know exactly where to go. Um, yeah. But even the U.S. like and Canada, like, there's resorts over there. I was looking at Icon the other day and uh, Red Mountain, Revelstoke. They've got a couple in Europe now. They've got Zermatt mm -hmm. and um, I think it's Zermatt, yeah, and uh, Dolomiti Super Ski. So yep. I, I feel like for me, I'm going to be looking at passes over the next few years and see which destinations. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's a, I would definitely go wherever the opportunities are, man. I like that. Uh, I like that attitude. Go wherever it is. And the, the beauty about that is, is if you're doing that, then you're going to put in the research and what people, you know, people outside of the sport think, you know, they hear the big names in their country or continent, you know, so they think that's it. They might think there's 10 ski resorts across a thousand miles. There's like 500 in that area and you can go there and countries. Like I said, I didn't know you could ski Morocco. Who knew? I thought that was all beach over there. Like I didn't know. Um, I worked with a group of Bulgarian kids for a little while and they're all like, you, you got to come over, man. Bansko or however it's pronounced uh, yeah, correctly. I don't okay, know. Hey. Yeah, have you so been like, there? Yeah, so I've I've been to Bansko and Borovets, and I've got to be honest. Like, at that time, that's probably what opened my mind because before yeah. that, I was like, "Why would you ski outside the Alps?" Like, I was just a bit of a snob about it. Yeah, and then I, I was at uni, didn't have mm -hmm. much money, and I was like, "Right, Bulgaria, this is it," and I had a great time. And it's just, um, it's different. the The mountains are not on the same scale, but just in the same way that like. Verbier, which is a huge mountain, is not on the same scale to, I don't know, like Garret, but I had a great time in both of them. So, nice. yeah, definitely Bulgaria is worth it. I'd love to do like Andorra. Everyone mm -hmm. says that, um, like, that's really great value and some nice mountains there. Mm -hmm. Spain, even, like, who thought you could ski in Spain? Like, and you've got yeah. the Pyrenees at the north and, like, they've got some 
think Bakira Beret, I'd love to go there. Yeah. Um, just so many options, Tim. Let's go. Book it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, like I'm saying, man, like there's so many options, so many cool places. Uh, I mean, to, to, I guess, you know, part of the impressiveness of skiing five continents is that you were actually able to pick a place and go because it's just like, oh, that place, oh, that place, oh, that place, that one, that one, that one, that one, that one. And the cup runneth over. It's yeah. hard to choose. Even for me here in my little area, it's hard to choose one day to the next. You know, Jay Peak, Killington, Suicide Six, Pat's Peak in New Hampshire. You know, so many different options. Bottom line, skiing's a great sport. And if you're a travel uh, enthusiast, man, you can tie them right together. Um, absolutely, as Simon can attest to, he, he's living proof that you can ski all over the world and have a good time doing it, man. Thank you, my friend. That was awesome. Um, and again, I have more stuff I can go, I can dump in. Like, would you go to the Middle East and try the the sand dune skiing? Would you do that? Uh, yeah, I, I would give that a go. And further that, like, I would I would go to Iran to go to Dezin to actually ski on snow. Like, there's places there's places there. But um, from what I've heard, like the sand sandboarding or sand skiing, it can hurt. <laughs> like when you it fall hurt. over, like it can hurt. But yeah, why not give it a go? I should have done that when I was in Egypt. That was, that was a possibility, and I didn't. Like, yeah. I don't know why. Um, yeah, definitely do that. I wanted to try it. Uh, there was one place I could have gotten it done in Arizona, and I didn't have any my equipment with me. I was like, man, that. But it hurts. Like, if you've ever fallen on sand, I, as someone who's explored the desert, I have fallen on sand, and it doesn't feel good. You know, if you want to try it, fall on a piece of sandpaper. <laughs> I tell you what I need help with, uh, like yeah. water skiing and wakeboarding. I tried that and I was awful. And everyone was like, "Oh, you're a snowboarder, like you'll be able to do it." No, I, I don't know what was happening. I couldn't stand up. I was like, "Come on." Yeah, so that that's that's what I need to invest some time in trying. Yeah, that that I don't know anything about. I do know saying that water skiing and skiing are the similar is like saying snowboarding and surfing are similar. They're, I guess, similar by definition, but no, they're not. And um. But me and boats, we don't get along either. Uh, you know, it's, it kind of sucks because I have the mind of a traveler, but I don't have the body of one. It just disagrees with everything I do. Seasickness, air sickness, altitude sickness. I'm just a wimp and it stinks. But there's other things I can do. And Simon has told us all about those things. And the world is your oyster if you are into snow sports or using the equipment that we have to go on sand. Or if you're in Dubai, living it up with the rich folk, they have their indoor place. It's the most famous indoor place in the world. You can do it. You can do it all. And this man has told us all about it. Simon Burgess, thank you very much for talking to us. Um, for an hour and a half, he talked to us about that. So thank him if you ever meet him and see him. He doesn't, I'm sure he won't mind if you recognize him. Say hello. If you, you know, if you're on the lift and you see him going by, just wave down to him and you can do that with me again. Thank you, sir. I do appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Tim. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, man. And uh, one of these days, I'm going to be in your neck of the woods. Like I said, I want to see there's a whole area of England I have mapped out to deal with. I don't know if it's in your area because, again, geography, I'm a little off, but I know things. So thank you again. We'll see you sometime. If you're in the U.S. or if I'm in the U your area, I'll look you up and we'll ski and we'll snowboard, even if it's inside, because I like inside. I actually do like it. So it's all good, man. What do you say? Any final thoughts? No, I hope to get a lap with you someday and uh, let's make it happen. But let's talk. Let's stay in touch. Absolutely, man. We totally will. And before we go, um, Simon's YouTube channel, his website, that'll all be linked 
below in the description for the video and audio versions as well. Just if you're listening to the audio version in the car, look after you park. Don't pick up your phone. That's bad. All right, man. We'll see you later. We'll get out of here and you have a good evening since it's got almost nine o'clock. <laughs> see you later, man. All Laters. And there you have it, my friend, Simon Burgess. Simon, nice guy. Insightful. Knows a lot of stuff, it would seem. Doesn't that sound stupid to say? Sound Knows a lot of stuff. I'm just messing about. It was an awesome interview. I really enjoyed that conversation. He enjoyed it. It went longer than we both thought. And again, I felt kind of bad afterwards because as goes as it goes with a lot of these uh, type of interviews, you, you, you hit the stop record button and you keep talking. You just keep BSing. And we kept going, and I kept going. I love to talk. I don't even hide that from anybody, as many people know. And uh, it, by the time we got done, it was after 9 o'clock. Not late, but not early either over there in um, over there in the UK, UK time. Uh, so I kind of felt bad. So uh, apologies for that, my friend Simon. Um, that's I did not mean to keep you up all night long, which I didn't. But um, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. And I hope you enjoyed it as well. Insightful. He'll be back on the program at some point, as will most of the guests. We have such a good time here. We do doubles. We double down. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, thank you for joining uh, me for another podcast and Simon as well. Um, for all the information on his stuff, you can see if you're watching the YouTube version, it's scrolling right below me. But all the links to his um, social media, his website, things like this, YouTube channel as well, are in the descriptions, um, which are across the board. There's the description in the YouTube version. There's the description in all the other versions, um, all the audio versions. Just like I always say and said during the episode, check it out after you park your car, if you listen in your car. It is dangerous to drive with your cell phone in your hand, paying attention to it, and that ticket is expensive. Believe me, I've gotten it. That was a buck twenty-five for me in New Jersey at that time, and I don't mean a dollar twenty-five. I mean a hundred twenty-five dollars. So don't do that. Check it out. But it is all in the description. All of Simon's information is in the description. All of my links and stuff are in the information for the merch shop and the Patreon and the social media and the website at skirexmedia.com and everything else you'll need to know or could want to know, including links on how to contact all. Obviously through social media, but there's the email link as well. And you can get there on skirexmedia.com. And I still have to figure out how to add that to the new website. Still coding that new website, the design. I don't know if I'm happy with it yet. But anyway, that all aside, um, behind the scenes stuff is for behind the paywall um, over on Patreon. So check that out if you would, please. Right? Right. Thanks again to Simon Burgess. We'll talk to him later again. Check us out next week for another guest and then another guest after that and probably another guest after that. And we'll see how many of these um, at least one or two guests um, shows we can do throughout the season. Right? Right. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for watching. And I'll see you on the next one. Laters. 